Weekly Show with David J. Maloney. This week, David chats with the band Nico. And now, here's your host, David J. Maloney. Our featured guests tonight are the real-life couple representing Alabama in this year's inaugural season of the hit show American Song Contest, where each state has an artist or band representing them as they face off against the contestants from the other 50 states and territories, which is actually very similar to the even to the ever-popular European format Eurovision. Um, tonight's guests are the contestants representing Alabama, and with their song The Difference, have made it to the finals. Uh, here to chat with us about their story, their song, and their experiences on the show are Danny Brohart and Colton Jones of the band Nico. Danny and Colton, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you. That Thank was an amazing introduction. Yeah, I need you to go everywhere with us. That was perfect. <laughs> so, so let's start off at the beginning. Where did each of you guys grow up? Yeah, so she actually grew up in Georgia, mm -hmm. and I lived in Montgomery when I was very young. My mom was um, the business editor at the Montgomery Advertiser there. And that's where I found my love for music. Um, after that, we kind of moved all over the place. I lived in Ohio, I lived in Oregon. Um, and eventually I ended up in Tennessee, which is where she ended up at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, we met there on a writing session. Uh, we actually started dating first. Uh, two years later, we'd been dating, singing, being annoying and everything. And then um, we were like, maybe we should try being a band. Um, <laughs> and simultaneously we were, um, singing in like a corporate event, wedding band. Yeah. And we got to play all over the Southeast, a lot in like Tuscaloosa and parts of Alabama. Um, some in Georgia yeah, too, right? Yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit of all over, just the Southeast generally, yeah. but yeah. And then we've been pursuing our band ever since. So Colton, I know you've talked about this before, but was music a part of both of your households growing up? And, and, and if so, what were you guys listening to in the family home? Oh. oh. Yeah. We're both like such the Y2K family. It's what we grew up on, like mm -hmm. the 90s and the early 2000s, like Rihanna, Usher, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, like yeah. those, you know, the top 40 icons were definitely like what we grew up on, you know, family wide. But then we always bond about our love for like R&B music that was, you know, not as popular, especially for like kids growing up. Mm -hmm. But we both were drawn so much to the songwriting, to the melodies, to the runs and the riffs that these singers were doing, um, which is why I think we both it culminated to make our sound today. We're still very much pop, um, but we love to like lean on melodies from R&B and jazz even and soul and stuff like that. Yeah. So does, does any music memory stick out to you from your formative years? I, I grew up in Woodstock, New York, the Woodstock, where everybody looks oh, like they, they just wow. look, they, everybody looks like they just walked out of a, a Grateful Dead concert still <laughs> to this day. Um, and so I've got several music memories from when I grew up as a kid. Do you have any that stick out to you from your formative years? Yeah, so many. I remember um, like all the music that my mom and stuff would play. So my, well, and also my grandmother would play music all the time. And she played like, these old, like really old soul, like Motown-ish songs, or I'm not even sure if it was Motown, but there's this one song called Slow Rolling. And now that I'm older, I like know what the lyrics mean, but as a child, I didn't. And I remember like when we lived in Montgomery, my mom's friend was babysitting me and I was singing that song. And Just later, bad. yeah, later on, my uh, my mom showed up to pick me up and her friend was like, Mary, your son's kind of got a good voice. And my mom's friend was like, uh, sing for your mama, baby. And I sang it, slow rolling, yeah. 
stroking with the emotion and I'm just like ridiculous. and my mom was like don't you sing that again but she was like oh I guess I'll put him in choir or something uh, and I ended up like in our church choir because I think she needed to um you know clean up my mouth a little give bit. you something to do something to sing that wasn't you know an old soul <laughs> song that's funny because you know my son was very much into he, he was he's a drummer and he's he's a musician himself and he oh, was cool. very much into Led Zeppelin when yeah. he was really really young when he was like five six seven and yeah. You know, most of Zeppelin's songs are about a certain subject matter. And he was going to a Christian school and he wanted for the talent show to play, you know, like things like the Lemon Song and stuff that, that, you know, it's like, just no, just, just, just no. No, just uh, no. But no. little kids don't know. They, it's so innocent. Yeah. But then any adult is like, what are you doing to your child? You yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but when 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 he is singing karaoke at six and he's singing "Hey Hey Mama," the way you move, gonna make you sweat, gonna make you gr- it's it's hilarious. Yeah, and I have that on tape somewhere. I really do. Priceless. Oh, so, at, at what point did each of you individually decide that you'd give music a shot? Is there a moment that sticks out in your head where you go, "Okay, I'm giving this a shot." I always tell people I grew up doing gymnastics and it was the moment where I found myself enjoying more of singing along to the national anthem at the beginning of gymnastics meets more than the meet. Um, And I had a sit down talk with my mom. She was devastated. She wanted me to, she wanted me to continue on to like the Olympic track for gymnastics. And I told her my little heart wasn't in it. And I was like pretty young, like early middle school. And I was like, I I have to do music. It's my soul is screaming at me. So that was my moment. Yeah, I think for me, it was always something I did. And because we moved around a lot, it was the only real constant in my life. And so it it got to the point where like after high school, I felt like I didn't have any other choice. I was like, well, I can't do anything else. (laughs) I have no other skills. So this is it. (laughs) So at what point did your paths first cross? It was it was in Alabama. Yes. Yes. Oh, no, No, I'm so sorry. Actually, Tennessee. Nashville. Yes. Yes. In Nashville. Yes. And and what clicked first, the music or the relational chemistry between the two of you? Definitely the yeah the it, relationship. Yeah. Because yeah. we, we, we met to do a writing music. session. Yes. And then we just talked. We just talked for like six, seven hours straight. And we both left being like, we either are going to work really well together or we like each other. And luckily it ended up being both. Yeah. But yeah. So, so who, who hit on who first? Who approached who for the first date? So I actually, before we actually did the co-writing session or whatever, two years before that, I'd heard her sing and I messaged her on Facebook. Facebook Messenger. And I was like, hey, uh, I want to sing this duet called Endless Love. And it was the, I wanted to do the Mariah Carey and Luther Vandross version. And I like- Just a subtle, simple duet. And I was like, we should sing this together. And she was like, "Um, who who are you? (laughs) She, did, she said no. I kindly said that's a little intense for me. Yeah, but then two years <laughs> later, uh, after, you know, we did the co-write or whatever, we just kind of hung out and talked. I was like, I definitely was the one to pursue. So that begs the question, have you done that duet yet? Have you attempted it? Not no. Never. Oh my gosh, no one's ever asked us that. Oh, now you must. Now we must. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You gotta have that full circle moment. We have know, to. We, we need to. We need to for sure. So, so it's been my experience that many couples are either really good at working together or they're terrible at it. Um, what clicked that made you guys think you could make music together professionally and, and and have the dynamic actually work? Yeah, I think for us, this is like such a small moment, but it was so big for us. So we were playing uh, at the University of Alabama for. Do you remember what sorority it was? I don't. 
it, we were the like I said earlier, we were in front of like a corporate event band, and the mm -hmm. band had been hired to do this. And we were playing a big sorority party down there, and um, we were singing maybe it was Chainsmoke or something, one of those songs that were big at the time. And everybody was singing along with us, and you know it was a duet, and we were like singing together, and we were just like, we have to do this for the rest of our lives. Like it just, yeah. I don't know, just like having people sing back. The lyrics and it wasn't our song at the time but we were like if we could do that like with our music with our writing it's because we were both writers we we're both writing together we were like we have to do this and like it just was so fun touring and and i don't know having the shared experience with music in a room full of strangers was just i don't as magical and then to share it together and our personalities are so opposite which is why i think it works honestly like i'm very very sensitive and i cry mostly every day and colton you know cries like once a year so it works out we balance each other out Whose idea was it to start posting to YouTube in the beginning? I mean, you guys have amassed a, a wonderful following there. Oh, so, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was her idea. So she okay. was a YouTube watcher and like watched like all the vlogs and makeups. And... I'm a big YouTube consumer. Yeah. Love YouTube. And when we first started putting out music, we were like, we really need to build a fan base. And she suggested we start doing YouTube. And so we did in the first year we did, you know, every single week. We just posted a, a cover once a week. Just... We vowed to stick to it. We we're like, no yeah. matter what, we're going to get a cover up a week. And it was like the first time we had really been able to connect directly with fans or followers in any way. And we, were, it, we honestly got a high from it, like hearing direct feedback from people on our YouTube channel and then giving them what they want the next week. It was like the best feeling. Yeah. Well, now you've got, now you've got, you just, now you've got mine for next week. So. Oh, um, yes, I know. Right? You know do that. Yeah, you got to do the one that started it all. So I wonder actually if that would be a good segue into your joining the American Song Contest. How did you guys get connected with the show in the first place? Yeah, so someone who used to be on our team suggested that we audition for the show. So we just, like, they sent us the link and we we're like, oh, this is cool. And we, had, we hadn't even heard of it. And then it was like, truly, we didn't know they were doing open calls. They were just, any song that you have, like, send in. <laughs> Went through the whole process. It was a long process, mm -hmm. which most of the stuff in this industry is. It's a lot yeah. of no's. It's a lot of maybes. It's a lot of hurry up and wait. <laughs> Um, truthfully, we thought the opportunity was dead a couple times because we would go a couple weeks without hearing anything. Um, so then when we got the call that we were officially going to represent Alabama, we like thought it was a spam call at first. Like we didn't believe them. We were like, what there's no way. About, yeah. So yeah, that was, yeah. Had, had you guys heard of the European version of this contest, Eurovision, before joining the American Song Contest? Very little. little. Bit, yeah, but not, not enough to really understand the gravity of what it was. But once we were, you know, going to be a part of the show and we dove into it, we were like, whoa, this is huge. It was like, mind blowing. Yeah. So what did you know, or should I say, and what did you not know about the show before you signed on? I mean, did you guys know you were about to have Kelly Clarkson and, and Snoop Dogg as your hosts? Or oh, no. was that a surprise? Yep. We found out about the host at the Super Bowl. Like, like when the world found out. Yeah. Like we found, like we got an email and the producers were like, watch the Super Bowl tonight to make sure like you guys see. Yeah. And we were with a bunch of friends and we all yeah. screamed. We like, it was really cool. <laughs> and it was the same thing with the other contestants. Like we had no idea who was going to be representing what. Um, and, you know, when they announced the list, some of our friends were on it and we were like so excited. And then some people like Alan Stone, for instance, who's representing Washington, we've like bought tickets to his shows and gone to his Like shows. mega yeah. fans of his. Yeah, and it's One. so crazy because now we're like, you know, on set. That, yeah, I mean, Alan, I mean, he's been on live at Daryl's house. I mean, he's, he's, he's really something special. Yeah, um, incredible. So, Danny, I heard that Kelly Clarkson was a, an idol of yours in the music world. What does it mean to you to be on a show hosted by her? And, and have you been able to have any conversations with her 
or as a host, is there kind of that distance? No, yes. This is like my my prize moment in my life. I'll tell my kids and my grandkids this moment. We she was truly one of the first people I was a fan of. And again, no pun intended, but an idol of mine from yeah. her time on idol, American Idol, yeah. um, like stayed up every night, Tuesdays, eight, seven central. Like I watched her on idol. Um, so it was our first, our qualifier episode, right? We sat in the booth. Like, you know, we go a couple minutes before we go live, we settle in with our family. We're all sitting there. We're all sweating. We're all nervous. Everyone's yeah. like excited. And I like look back and Kelly Clarkson is back there and she has a fan holding up to her face. Cause it was so hot in the room. And she kind of leaned back to us. And it was one of those things where we met eye contact. And she was like, are y'all hot? And I was like, oh, we are hot. And then she was like, oh, and she got up from her chair and started running towards our booth with our, both of our whole families are standing there with us. And I felt like my legs go weak a little bit because we were I was very like, confused. I was like, is something happening? Like, should we run too? Yeah. We were like, why is Kelly Clarkson running towards us right now? <laughs> anyway, sorry, making this such a long story. Runs up to us and is like, I'm so glad I recognized you. I had to tell you, I went down a rabbit hole of your social media, your music, no matter what happens in the competition, just keep going. And it was like, I wanted so badly to not have this happen, but I lost it. I bawled. I just was like, it was such a, the 10 year old little girl in me just lost it. Like this was someone I idolized for decades now. And she was telling me that she went down a rabbit hole of our music and it made an impact on her. It was like, I could have died that day and I would have been fine. <laughs> and, 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 and would that have been a normal like hug moment if not for COVID or did, or did you oh. We didn't hug her. We no. didn't hug, yeah. but there was like a booth separating yeah. us. So maybe it was less COVID, just more convenience. Got it. So are there, you said earlier that there were some artists that were on the show that were friends of yours. I, are there other artists that you guys have become friends with through the course of the show? Yeah. Oh my gosh, so much. The, so because we were the third week of the show, the way that they've done it is they, you, you come to the show a week before your episode airs. Uh, so for rehearsals, for and, rehearsals and stuff and then you come back the week after episode airs for results so because we were right in the middle with episode three of five we met almost every, every contestant yes um with the exception of some jury picks and a couple people who maybe weren't hanging out around the hotel and stuff but it everybody is so kind and so nice and you know this show is such a great celebration of american culture and like different parts of the u.s and stuff and everybody just is like doing their own thing, it didn't feel competitive. And so wow. I think, you know, people like Grant Kanoki from Texas, like he's become a close friend of ours, like even in between taping of episodes and stuff, we've hung out with him. Um, yeah. We knew Brooke, uh, Brooke Alex of New Jersey already before the show, because we had played some shows with her down in Nashville. Um, and we had a lot of mutual friends in Nashville and LA, but we gotten way closer to her. Yeah. Um, Riker Lent, we've gotten close to just during the show and hung out with him and his wife. And yeah, it's just been everybody. It's I been don't know, crazy. So many people. We shared a van with Alan Stone this morning and just got to like talk about life. And that was like on maybe the second favorite moment of the whole show after mm -hmm. Kelly Clarkson, because he is the kindest person. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he's very, very cool. So let's chat about your song submission, The Difference. Walk us through the story and the creation of that song. Ugh, it yeah. it started actually what, two years ago. Maybe yeah. we wrote the song in our little apartment in L.A. shortly after we had moved to L.A. Um, and we were truly just getting we needed a therapy session. We were having like a rough week and we just were like, let's just write a song and get all of our emotions out. It started as just a piano ballad. It was one of those songs where it kind of fell out of us. Um, we wrote it with one more co-writer and a producer of ours at the time. Um, yeah, and it, it actually happened pretty quickly. And it was one of those songs where we had almost closed the book on the song just because it was more so 
a diary entry than it was a song we ever thought would see the light yeah, of day. Yeah, it was very personal. Very, very personal. So we, you know, that happens with artists and songwriters all the time. You write a song and then it sits in an inbox somewhere or a hard drive, you know, something. So then when the show was interested in the song, it was kind of like a, oh, and we had to bring up all these emotions again and relive mm -hmm. it and let it have life on a stage, which is right. something we never imagined for the song. So yeah. that was really cool. And we ended up tweaking the song quite yes. a bit to make it feel less about just us and more universal. Yes. Um, because, you know, sometimes songs are just for you. And then sometimes you can take your emotions and give them to the world. Yes. And that's what we tried to do with our Well, Well, and, and if it's too, too specific, it, it doesn't have as much, uh, it may not have as much appeal. Whereas right. if it covers more ground, I guess, it'll have more general appeal and more people will associate with it. Yeah. Exactly. So whose idea was it to kiss at the end of the song on national TV? You know, that happened um, in our rehearsal right before, I think, was it, I guess, the day before? Day we, before, yeah. We did it, and um, it was actually the stage producer or whatever. Well, yeah, one of the creative producers we're working with, he walked up and he was like, so how do you guys feel about, you know, like a big ending? And we were like, what? He was like, would you guys want to kiss? And Colton, like, cracked up. Yeah, and he we was, were already, like, the way we are ending was pretty We were close. so close. Yeah. Um, and Colton was like, oh, I, I thought you were joking. And then I was like, no, I actually love that because yeah. it was such a grounding moment for us after mm -hmm. this, like, we can't feel our knees. We can't feel our fingers. We're so nervous. We can't breathe. And then to end the song, like, okay, it's just the two of us. It mm -hmm. was, it felt very right for us. Yeah. So at the time of this interview, we know you've made it to the final round, but that's it. Mm -hmm. uh, given that we don't know what happens from here yet, is there one memory that will be seared into your brain from your time on the show up to this point? Is it the Kelly Clarkson moment or is there some other moment beyond that? There's just been so much. I don't know. You know, it's been a, a short, it's only an eight week long yeah. show. It's really in the grand scheme of things, it's a short amount of time, but it's felt like a lifetime. There's so many memories, so many relationships, so many moments. Oh my gosh. Um, I would say actually videos we've received from people on social media reacting to our song or reacting to us moving forward in the competition and seeing them get emotional to the point of tears for us rocked us like mm -hmm. we've never had people react like that to us and it feels like we have families all over the country rooting yeah. for us which is that's been monumental for yeah me. i think the fact that we were able to deliver a song and a message that touched people in the way that we intended to there's there's nothing better as a songwriter as an artist and we've been trying to do that for years now and it's so uh, fulfilling to see that come to life mm -hmm. so to kind of bring it full circle what makes you all want to do music for a living? That feeling, that touching people that, you know, proximity wise, we're not close to at all, but like reaching people in every state, every country, having them relate to a feeling that we are feeling and maybe helping them through that feeling. That is all we want to do for the rest yeah. of our life. I think and that's, I, what, that's what gets you up out of bed in the morning, right? Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. So, so if you guys win, What's the first thing you guys will both do? Woo, I'll probably I'll probably sit down and have a glass of wine first. <laughs> but then we are really we would love to tour yeah. to go to the states that voted for us and hug people and tell them thank you. Like we want to tour more than anything. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, socials. Where can our viewers and listeners go to follow you guys on social media? We, uh, yes, we are NI slash CO. That's our name. Obviously, we're on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Most of our usernames are NI.CO underscore official. That's where you can find us on most platforms. 
Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, Danny Brillhart and Colton Jones of the band Nico. Thank you so much.